Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Wow. Who saw that coming? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I am Coulter Nuanas coming to you on this uh, pre-Thanksgiving post-state championship weekend Monday. I think there's a lot of people out there that are pretty tired, but uh, certainly there was plenty for many, many Missoulians and many, many University of Montana football fans to celebrate over the weekend. Oh, by the way, we also crowned five high school state champions as well. So we'll get to all of that here in the first hour. Then we'll keep on talking rivalry win. And somehow you listen to the show and you don't know what happened over the weekend. The University of Montana absolutely blasted the rival. 37-7 over Montana State. Uh, symbolic for several different reasons. I mean, of course, the 37th. Uh, the, the 37 number is a symbolic one within the scope of University of Montana history. To score 37 points against the rival in the 37th anniversary of Win 37, the number 37 became a tradition. And to have the Houck family, particularly Bobby Houck, the head coach of the University of Montana, Tim Houck, the defensive analyst there for the Grizz football team, both play an enormous part uh, in Montana, winning its first outright Big Sky Conference championship since 2009. Uh, certainly a feather in the cap. Certainly a symbolic moment for the Grizz football team. So we'll break it all the way down. Myself, Andrew Houghton, will talk a little bit off the top here. We also have Brett Vegan, Bobby Houck, Braxton Hill, all going to chime in as well. Ryan Tuto will join us here uh, in about 20 minutes. We're going to try to get through our three big things about each of the Cats and the Grizz with a couple sound bites here as fast as we can so then we can have a couple different more meaty segments to discuss the ins and outs of this football game. And then we'll keep on rolling on it 
into the second hour as well. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg will be in the studio from 5 until 6 p.m. And we'll talk half the time about the rivalry win and the other half the time about yet another wild weekend uh, in the National Football League. So that's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas. I don't even know if I said that. Thanks so much for being here. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406 888 That's 888 And all guests will join us via the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. You want to stream it? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. And you can also always stream it on the ESPN MT app. My best of the weekend, just the reunion that the rivalry game always is. And I think because this game on Saturday was for the outright Big Sky Conference Championship, because it was two top five teams for the first time in the 122-year history of it, and quite honestly, because it was in Missoula and the Grizzlies were the higher-ranked team, saw as many former players as I've ever seen back before particularly when it comes to the Grizz side of things. I think that's what happens when the buzz becomes palpable, when it, when it starts to matriculate its way even outside of the state's borders. And that's certainly what we saw this weekend. Can't tell you how many guys swung by our ESPN uh, College Game Day pregame show. You always know there's just a barrage of former players when they're all wearing their leather their uh, their Letterman's jackets from back in the day. We saw multiple different iterations of those letter jackets and many, many guys from the past history uh, of the Grizz football program, including several guys that played pivotal roles in Bobby Houck's first go-round here at Montana. And certainly those guys happy to watch the Grizz reascend at long last to the top of the Big Sky Conference. I've been covering the league for 17 years. When I first started covering the league, I'm a Missoula native, and, and I was at the first the Montana Cayman there at the University of Montana, and then at the Missoulian. And if you would have told me that when I graduated college, which was in 2009, that that would be the last official outright Big Sky title for the Grizzlies until I was here as a 36-year-old man about to get married in a couple weeks, I would have said, that's crazy. There's no way the Grizz are going to have a half of a lifetime worth of droughts when it comes to Big Sky Conference titles. But that is what it has been. We're going to get into all the ins and outs of, of what went into this not only rivalry beatdown, but also why this iteration of Montana, not the one with a whole bunch of All-Americans on the roster, not the one with star-studded quarterback play or a a variety of flashy NFL-bound playmakers. No, the the team with a whole bunch of underdog, workman-like, blue-collar, sometimes even walk-ons from small towns in Montana, that's the team that got the Grizzlies back on top. That's the team that helped Bobby Houck break the all-time wins record in the history of Big Sky Conference football. And that's the team that now has a two-seed and home-field advantage for the duration of the playoffs. It's unbelievable the the way that this narrative has shifted. If you would have told me in September that that the Grizz are absolute, unquestioned, no doubt about it, favorites to go to Frisco, Texas, I would have said, you are out of your mind. This Grizz team isn't even going to make the playoffs. Well, then... That flipped quickly. 
a win at UC Davis and a win at Idaho. Okay, it's a playoff team, certainly. Girls are getting better. Oh, they come out of a bye, and they just completely house Northern Colorado. Oh, wow. And then it keeps going, and it keeps going. Oh, 34-7 against Sac State. Keeps going, it keeps going. Go on the road to Portland State, have no trouble with the talented Vikings. And it keeps going, and it keeps going. And then uh, a team that I thought was the unquestioned favorite and was going to have a really hard time not being the Big Sky Conference champion in Montana State, they showed up to Washington Grizzly Stadium, and they got their absolute butts whipped. It, it was a no contest. I mean, you don't want to be that guy, but this game was over early in the second quarter when Montana marched all the way down the field on their opening drive, and they broke, I don't know, a million tackles and scored on Eli, Eli Gilman's short touchdown plunge. And then they force a three and out, and they march down again, and Clifton McDowell's running people over, and he scores on a short touchdown plunge, and then the Cats get nothing. And, uh, you know, they get down into field goal range, and they shank a, after having multiple procedure errors, multiple penalties, and then they shank a field goal. I was like, it's over. This game is over unless the Cats can figure something out. Well, then out of the halftime locker room, Montana State does uh, have a touchdown drive, and the Grizz answer right away. I thought the fatal error of this football game for Montana State was Brennan Hall not kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone and instead Junior Bergen being able to field the kick after the Cats had just scored. Bergen goes up the sidelines, 55-yard return. Three plays later, he scores a 20-yard touchdown, breaks Lavelle Price Jr. off in the slot, and the Grizz are back up 27-7. to And the rest of it was basically just a formality. The Grizz defense was fast and furious. They ran sideline to sideline. They absolutely annihilated Montana State's run game. The Cats did end up with 213 yards rushing and averaged 6.1 yards per carry. But that was a little bit of a skewed statistic because the, uh, I mean, the Cats had, Tommy Mallott had a 46-yard run on a drive that resulted in no points. He also had another 30-yard run on a drive that resulted in no points. So even though they did have a few gash plays that padded the stats a little bit, there was, uh, there was nothing much to it particularly when it came to the scoring in Montana, basically a wire-to-wire uh, victory uh, across the board. Oh, but Brooks Duanis is listening uh, from his car. He's driving down to the Bitterroot right now. The uh, one of the field, the, Montana State missed two field goals. One of them was blocked by Alex Gubner, and I thought that you, you could name, I think, if you were to pick the defensive players of the game for Montana, you'd have to have four of them because I thought Gubner was absolutely outstanding. He was lights out. He dominated the inside line of scrimmage, and he blocked a kick. Now, Braxton Hill was all over the place, multiple tackles for loss. Tyler Flake was the tone setter. I thought his very first tackle in the hole to take Julius Davis off his feet, just a solo swoop, I thought that was a tone setter, and he ended up leading the Grizzlies in tackles. And then Riley Wilson coming off the edge, dominating his individual matchup with uh, Bobcat freshman left tackle Connor Thomas. All those things helped result in Montana's resounding 37-7 victory uh, over Montana State. Let's take a look at the other state champions from around uh, the Treasure State here from over the weekend. It is the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Bozeman High, they won a thriller against Glacier, 35-27. That's Bozeman's first state title since 2019. Their seventh overall as a program, including their fifth since 2010. So they have been the team to beat in Class AA, and they're back there on top once again. Their uh, championship game loss a year ago to Helena Capital, certainly a motivating factor coming into this year. And then they do the deal. They finish the, they finish the run 12-0 for the Hawks. Kellen Harrison contributed on all five touchdowns. The senior quarterback for Bozeman, he threw four and ran in one. 
and uh, he leads Bozeman to a 35-27 victory over Glacier. Kellen Harrison will join us tomorrow uh, on Nuanas Now. In Class A, what a thriller this was. It came all the way down to the last. Uh, they came down to a two-point conversion in overtime, and Key Christensen, he runs it in, and Dillon beats Columbia Falls 36-35. The walk-off victory in Dillon, the ninth state title for the Beavers, but their first since 2016. Uh, also efforting Key Christensen to join us uh, tomorrow. It's so funny. These The teams that go so far in football, well, a lot of these guys, especially in the small towns, they play basketball too. Well, these guys are rolling right into basketball. <laughs> Kellen, I asked Kellen Harris if he wanted to come on live tomorrow. He's like, well, I can't because I have basketball tryouts. I'm like, man, you don't even get to hang out for a day? <laughs> You're just right back at it. The funniest thing is Kellen Harrison doesn't need to try out. He's one. Of, he was the first-team All-State guard last year for the Hawks as well, so outstanding athlete. But either way, uh, still waiting to hear back from Key Christensen as well because he is uh, almost certainly at basketball practice right now. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But Bozeman, the AA champions, Dylan, the A champions. And Class B, all these championship games, by the way, were outstanding. Class B went to overtime as well. Florence overcomes a 14-7 halftime deficit and rallies and wins in overtime 21-14. So the Falcons are the first three-time state champion in Class B history. Pat Shane, the head coach of the Falcons, he'll also join us tomorrow. So we got a star-studded state champion lineup for you tomorrow. Class C eight-man, Fairview, they finished their unbeaten run. They beat Belt 40-28. That's the second state championship in five years for the Warriors. And also, just the second state championship in their school's history. And then Class C, eight-man. How about their six-man, excuse me. How about this for a stat line? Luke Kelly of Centerville, nine total touchdowns. That's not a typo. Nine total touchdowns. And he leads Centerville to a 63-48 victory over Freud Medicine Lake. That's the third state championship in school history for Centerville, but their first at the six-man level. They won a couple uh, eight-man levels. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's take a look at our Big Sky scoreboard. Of course, the rivalry game in Missoula stole all the headlines like it usually does. 37-7, the Grizzlies down the Bobcats. The other two really impactful games of the weekend, though. Idaho, <laughs> Idaho's about to score. Idaho's trying to score about a million. They had... They had seven, they'd scored seven touchdowns in the first 19 minutes of the game against Idaho State. Left no doubt. Had 56 at halftime. Then they called off the dogs a little bit. And they cruised to a 63-21 to win over the Bengals. So Idaho uh, into the playoffs with uh, an impressive, explosive performance. And uh, the Vandals, the number four seed in the FCS playoffs. UC Davis, they beat Sac State 31-21 to move to 7-4. and That head-to-head win over Sac State. I guess it doesn't matter to the committee because they had the same record as Sac State, and Sac State's in. UC Davis left out for the second consecutive year. So uh, Aggies probably probably pretty frustrated. They've been snubbed two years in a row. They, they were literally the second-to-last team out of the bracket last year and the second-to-last team out of the bracket this year as well, according to the playoff committee. So I don't know how you, pl- you explain that, you rationalize that if you're the playoff committee, but you know it, it is what it is. Montana Football Hour probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. We're going to do three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. We have about, I don't know, five, six minutes worth of sound for you. And then we'll take a break, and Ryan Tutel will come and join us here on the Montana Football Hour uh, for the duration of this first hour here uh, on Nuanas Now. First big thing about the, the Grizz, when Bobby Houck has a group of players that believe, and he is able 
to relinquish control, at least to the extent where they're being flexible, they're changing their game plan, they're isolating mismatches, they're they're playing as whole units, and everybody's bought in. The level of improvement that his teams see throughout the scope of a season is truly second to none in any sport I've ever covered, not just Big Sky Conference football, but period. It's easier said than done. Getting everybody on the same page, getting everybody bought in, getting everybody to be unselfish, that's tough sometimes. It's a really hard task when you're talking about young men. The the transfer portal and all the other factors that go in, guys being able to leave, all of that, it really it really hinders continuity. But Coach Houck made wholesale changes on his staff this offseason. He made wholesale changes in terms of what they're doing schematically. They made wholesale changes in terms of their attitude as a team. And look at them now. They're on a seven-game winning streak. They're the two-seed in the playoffs. They are a bona fide national championship contender. Here's Bobby Houck. Oh, just what it's taken and just what it means to win a Big Sky title. What's been your favorite part about coaching this year's team? Um, you know, it's a it's a week-to-week deal for us during the season, so I'll probably reflect back on that a little bit in the offseason. But uh, my favorite thing is, is that we have a bunch of uh, really good guys that are fun to coach, that care to play uh, for each other. They love the game, and... They're highly competitive. So when you're when you're in that uh, environment, it's a fun place to coach. I wanted to ask you about uh, a moment at the end of the game. The guys that all carried the trophy, they were singing the fight song, but you kind of just stood at the middle of the field and just just looked around for a little bit right before you saw Tremaine and those guys. What's what's going through your mind uh, at that moment? Um. Well, a couple things. I, I got to see some of my old players from from what's getting to be longer ago including Tremaine Johnson, who was here. and There was a bunch of them, so I got to say hi to them and hug them up, and they're darn as excited as our team. And then, uh, you know, you give thanks to God, and, and you think about how grateful you are to have the best job in the world. So that's what I was doing. Plus, I can't sing worth a damn. So. <laughs> a poignant moment, to be sure. I, I was on the field taking videos of Montana, carrying the Great Divide Trophy around, then I went over and got the, a picture of the Big Sky Conference trophy. Said hi to President Bodner. And I noticed that everybody in the organization was standing over in front of the student section with the trophy and they were singing. But Bobby Houck was standing in midfield contemplating. And it was this beautiful moment because Saturday the weather in Missoula was foggy. And it took a while for the, the sun to burn it off. But as the sun was burning it off, that's when the celebration was commencing. And Coach Houck was just standing in the middle of the field all by himself, just, just taking it all in. And uh, it was a cool moment. Certainly, the expectations of the University of Montana football program loom as large as any part of the narrative around the team and the athletic department. Certainly, because of Coach Houck's take-no-prisoners type attitude, they are certainly... Uh, as easy to be critical of when they aren't when things aren't going well because they set that standard for themselves. But this team and that win is what people wanted when Bobby Houck first returned. It's what they dreamed, hoped, and thought would happen. And it took six years to get there. But sometimes the best things in life comes to those who wait. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday as Montana destroys Montana State 37-7 to to cinch up a Big Sky Championship for the first time since 2009. Senior Captain Linebacker Braxton Hill gave his thoughts 
on hoisting the trophy. Braxton, it seemed like uh, a race from the sideline to get over and grab the, the, the big trophy. So, I mean, what's that moment like when you guys were hoisting that thing up and carrying it around Washington Grizzly Stadium? Oh, it's awesome. I, I can't even describe it. I mean, since I've been here six years, we've been we've been saying championships 18, working on 19, and, you know, knowing that we finally made it to 19, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so proud of this team and the seniors and the coaches, and, I mean, I wish it could last forever. Senior year, you go 2-0 and against the Cats at home. You won a Big Sky title in your, your last year. You're part of Coach Houck's first recruiting class. What is, what is this moment like for you? How would you describe it all? Oh, it's awesome. Um, just knowing all the hard work that this team and this program has put in and it's, it's finally paid off. I mean, the brotherhood inside that locker room and all the coaches, you know, we've, we've put a lot of work in, you know, in the off season, during the season. And it's just, it's just special, you know, and I just couldn't be more proud to be a part of this program. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. Three big things about the Grizz after their 37-7 win over Montana State. Second big thing, the Grizz, speed, agility, their ability to race the edge, and their ability to swallow up the Cats was infinitely impressive. I also thought one of the fundamental changes on this year's team is it's not just we do what we do. They do do what they do, but they also adjust what they do all of the time. That's a huge change. I has one of the biggest criticisms I had of the Grizz over the last couple of years was their refusal to maximize mismatches in terms of specific athletic situations. Talk about an absolute clinic when it comes to maximizing the mismatches they had in this game. They put Levi Janicaro and Riley Wilson right over the top of Connor Thomas. Connor Thomas is an outstanding player. He's a, he's a rare talent. He's he's a finalist for the Jerry Rice Award as a freshman offensive lineman. That is. That's an unprecedented thing. He still never played in front of 27,000 people and got against two of the best edge guys in the entire country. So that was a mismatch that the Grizz really wanted to exploit. The, the Grizz also put Junior Bergen in favorable mismatches. They attacked the, the Montana State defensive backs, whether it was Andrew Powdrell, who's a true freshman playing in his first rivalry game, or Lavelle Price Jr., who's a, uh, a senior, but a guy who's been struggling with a hamstring injury. They uh, definitely maximized the mismatch with Alex Gubner in the middle of their defense against the Cats' interior defense, offensive lineman, excuse me. And they, they exploited the mismatch that was Danny Ulilakepa returning to the lineup for the Cats, but he was definitely still playing hurt. You could tell his arm that he injured against Sac State was not up to snuff, and the Grizz ran right at him with both Eli Gilman and Clifton McDowell. So uh, certainly that was a gigantic, gigantic factor in the game. And the third big thing about the Grizz, this team is a team possessed. They are absolutely driven to help Montana return all the way to glory. And the fact now that they have home field throughout the playoffs, I mean, who's going to come into to Washington Grizzly Stadium and beat this team? I, I know that right now it's easy to live in the moment because they, they did just come off of an absolute beatdown of the team that I thought was the best team in the big sky and probably the second best team in the country. I don't think that anymore. Because it's a definitive answer who's the second-best team in the United States of America in the FCS level. It's Montana. And there's also now a question over who's the best team in the the United States of America. South Dakota State's really good. They got a star-studded roster. They got a bunch of of, uh, seniors on that team. And they are the defending national champions. They've been ranked number one all season long. I still would not bet against this Montana team, especially considering that someone's going to have to come into Washington Grizzly Stadium and knock them off. Else... 
I mean, I don't want to put any sort of bad juju on them, but I think this team is absolutely prone to make a run all the way to Frisco. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Three big things about the Cats. We'll get through these quickly because then I want to just hash about more with Ryan Tutel, who will join us here in just a minute. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. What an outstanding performance by Montana. What a terrible performance by Montana State. I mean, it was it was a true butt weapon for sure. The Grizz outplayed them. They outcoached them. They out-executed them. But also, Montana State showed very little fight. Like, they, they, they showed a little bit of juice coming out of the halftime locker room to get a touchdown. But then when they gave up a touchdown, after that, it was lackluster. I mean, they got the football taken right out of them. The Grizz just beat it right out of them. And I thought that was the number one factor here if you're, you're on the Montana State side of things. They did not play well. They did not rise to the occasion. They did not come with a championship mentality. They did not show toughness. They did not do anything that you'd expect out of the defending Big Sky champs, out of, a, out of the, a team that's been to the Final Four three times in a row. Ironically, though, all of that critical thing, all of those critical things I just said about Montana State might actually be a silver lining for the Cats. Why? Because I just really don't think you can play much worse. They certainly, I mean, they were melting down on the sidelines. Uh, that's my third big thing is that they are, they seem to be reeling internally. There's all of a sudden these crazy omnipresent questions about what are you doing at quarterback? Why didn't Sean Chambers play in this game? What's going on with the quarterback rotation? If you can't throw the ball, how far can you get? Yeah, Sean, you could throw the ball. What happened to that? All of it just seemed totally disjointed. They had a bunch of procedure penalties, the way that they were subbing. And granted, it was the biggest crowd in Washington Grizzly Stadium history. The place was shaking. It was so full and so full of raucous uh, Grizz fans. But you can't make that, you can't use that as an excuse. I mean, they, they completely folded within the moment. Now, they have proven that they could, I mean, they, they, they got embarrassed in Missoula the last time they were here, and they went all the way to the national championship. So I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I do think that they had their worst performance of the year on Saturday. You either got to accept that, flush it, and, and just try to re-engage yourself, or uh, you, you might be looking at uh, a pretty abrupt ending to what was a season with an unbelievable amount of promise. We'll talk about many of these same talking points on the other side. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Ryan Tutel joins me, Coulter Nuanas, right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. Oh! He's new on his now on 
93.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hope you had a great weekend. Judging by the scene downtown on Saturday evening in Missoula, I think uh, quite a few many of you guys had a great weekend. <laughs> it looked like freaking Mardi Gras down there. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's what happens when you win the rivalry game. We are uh, joined now on the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Great friend of mine and the guy that was... Uh, my sidekick all weekend long uh, for our ESPN College Game Day show before the game, and uh, then on the roof, back and forth we went during the game. Ryan Tutel, former co-host of this show, and now contributor here at ESPN MT as well as Skyline Sports. Gus, what's up, man? How you living? Doing great. Uh, just you know, forty-eight hours removed or whatever, and uh, and sort of letting the world sink in here with the uh, the the bracket being out and uh and kind of heading into season number two but obviously the residual of everything that came out of saturday well i know that we have both been um so impressed with this grizz team over the last six weeks we've had to walk back many of our uh points of analysis from uh, the first month or, or six weeks of this of the season and uh, i don't know though if anybody thought it was going to go like it did on saturday in your eyes what were the primary factors how was montana able to just absolutely destroy their rivals saturday here in missoula well i mean it's a good question i think a lot of people are wondering that i mean even bobby Houck was asked after the game you know the last three of these games have been blowouts why and he he had no answer he's like i was wondering the same thing to myself like what how, how is this happening but it is i will say uh, I'm not walking back anything from from the first month of the season. What I am saying is that was true then, and this is true now. And That's what right. Is true now is that Montana is the number two team in the country at at least, <laughs> let's say at worst. And uh, Bobby Houck is an uh, Eddie Robinson Award finalist, and absolutely rightfully so for the work that he has done. I I have not seen um, a Grizz team improve the way that this team has improved over the course of the season, and there's a lot of contributing factors to that. And uh, they played their best game in their last game, and that's when you want to do it, uh, is when you do it against the rivals. And I would say, disappointingly, Montana State clearly did not play their best game. I mean, they played a they played worst game. poor game on Saturday, and, you know, that's what happens when it, when it, when it comes together like that. Uh, you get a blowout, and credit all credit to the Montana Grizzlies, to the coaching staff, to the players. Uh, they deserve every ounce of fun and joy and 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 home field advantage that they have now earned over the course of this season. Well, one thing we talked about on College Game Day and, and just off air as well was, I do think that part of the reason there was such a reaction, and many would say maybe an overreaction, to. Montana's 28-14 to 14 loss to Northern Arizona to start conference play because I think it conjured up past traumas for people that follow the Grizzlies. I think that it reminded them of the, the beatdown in Bozeman uh, to end the, the regular season in 2022, uh, the, the way that it all fell apart for the Grizzlies in the, the third and fourth quarters in the Fargo Dome in the playoffs a couple weeks later. I think it reminded... Grizz Nation as a whole of the disappointing way that so many of these recent years, particularly last season, had ended. But I do think that there's several, you're, you're right, there are several factors into 
the way that the Grizz have been able to surge down the stretch. So I want you to rank these factors. The change in, in coordinators on both sides of the ball and basically a wholesale reshuffling of, of the coaching staff. The fact that they actually don't have any true star players on their team, but that then ironically helps them play more efficiently in this no-star system. And Bobby Houck adjusting in certain ways the way he operates, being less stubborn and, and willing to change things, particularly when it comes to making a decision at quarterback or you know making decisions to, to isolate certain personnel matchups. I mean, what what in your mind? How do you how would you rank those three factors? Well, no, no question. To me, the last one is number one. That's uh, Bobby right. Houck and his 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 ability to change. A lot of things, man. I mean, his approach in coaching seems like certainly it was there, and it's very hard kind of to say what what all changed from a coaching standpoint and if there were responsibilities that he was taking on that he kind of let go and let his coordinators take over, if, if he let go of some influence or if maybe he took in some influence in some certain areas. But also his demeanor, um, his disposition has in general been uh, – I don't know if it's it's certainly not warm, but it's just not icy, you know, in some sense. Certainly like a little bit more cordial, sort of, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not even about warmth and iciness. It's just about sort of obstinacy as sure. opposed to just a little bit more open. And 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 not I'm not even talking about toward the public or the media or whatever. I think that, that that's toward the players, you know. I think there's a there's just a little bit more approachability for sure that has gone into what you're seeing performance wise and guys buying in, um, which is absolutely crucial to uh, you know, to having a good team. I certainly think that the coordinator shuffle, um, I mean I, O C and D C Saturday Five stars, right, to everybody, and also adding Tim Houck to the mix. I mean, I think that can't be underestimated. So I think there's a lot of factors there. And so, you know, to me, that would be number two on that list. But I think that's that's all there. And then if you want to go to to the play on the field, I think you got to say that the play and the demeanor of Clifton McDowell over the course of the, the second half of the season is – um, the absolute linchpin, obviously, offensively for this team. I mean, he completes 80% of his passes, basically, right? 17 to 22 in this game, then also runs for 74 yards. And we talked a lot in the days leading up to this game that Clifton McDowell will not have experienced anything like what he's about to experience on Saturday. How is he going to deal with that? is the fact that he hasn't been a part of this rivalry, didn't grow up in the state of Montana, could that be a benefit? Well, guess what? It was a benefit to him on Saturday. He he was as cool as a cucumber, and look, it, it did come to fruition. Uh, to me, the biggest play in the game happened on the first drive of the game when everybody is just going so hard, and Clifton McDowell gets the ball ripped from him. And it's a fumble, and it's it's just what it is because you just can't prepare for that level of contact and physicality that comes to bear when you have it in a Cat Grizz football game. And the ball bounces the way it bounces, and the Grizzlies recover the ball. And so no harm, no foul. They finish what had already been a great drive to that point. They finish the drive on an Eli Gilman run. They go three and out on the defensive possession, and they're off and running, right? I mean, it was it was... It wasn't over at that point, but what could have been 
a huge shift right off the bat of this game did not happen because of the way the ball bounced. And we'll never know the other outcome. I got to say, I think that if Montana State recovers that ball, the Grizz still win this game. I mean, based the way that they played, the, 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 the plan that they had, and what looked to be like a fair amount of dysfunction, quite frankly, in a lot of areas on Montana State's no side. No question. Um, the Grizzlies did not ever appear. Uh, they were obviously never in doubt of winning this game really at any point. But even if that ball goes the other way, I'm not saying the outcome changes, but that really sort of kept the arrow pointing up the entire time for Montana from that point forward. So I give Clifton McDowell a ton of credit. And the other guy who we said had to be the best player and has been the best player was the best player, and that's Governor. And he was just yep. absolutely dominant in the middle of that defensive line. I thought their diagnosis of understanding what direction plays were going to be run to, uh, and I specifically mean running plays, which was obviously the vast majority of plays for Montana State, the adjustments, the pre-snap adjustments, the shifts on the defensive line to get to the places where those plays were going, and then Governor just firing off the ball and going a yard you know, a yard and a half into the backfield at the snap, forcing, spilling runs out to the side, forcing guys to cut back, giving his teammates time to get there, and obviously making a couple of plays himself. Uh, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal, and Montana won every facet of this football game. We absolutely have to learn how to dance like Alex Gubner. His uh, second tackle for loss, where where he absolutely just destroyed the Montana State running back, and then he, he was so explosive that he lands on top of the guy and then basically like bounces off of him, lands on his own self on his stomach, bounces back up, and then gives him the double Gatling gun dance. Man, uh, this guy's my hero. I, I love interior <laughs> defensive line play, and this guy is doing it as good as anybody has ever played for Montana. Ryan Tutel joining us here. On to is now ESPN Radio. It's our Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's. Not only is it the most thorough car wash in the city of Missoula, it's also the most efficient, and they're great neighbors. They're right next door to us here on Radio Way, out North Reserve here in Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash, treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long. Plenty more to get to, Ryan, but one more thing I want to diagnose before we take a quick break. Obviously, Clifton McDowell is a transfer that is probably going to be the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky Conference. He's certainly been an enormous uh, addition for the Grizzlies. I don't know where they'd be without him if they didn't get him to decommit from Southern late in the recruiting process and, and make his way up to Missoula. You also obviously have the couple of the, 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 the Nebraska guys on the offensive line, A.J. Forbes and Chris Walker, who are both captains. And they've been, they've been in the program for several years. Trajan Cotton, also a captain who's been in the program for several years. But I think that's the biggest, not the biggest difference, but one of the big differences on this team. You do have a smattering of transfers, but most of these guys are part of the first recruiting class that Bobby Houck brought in some six years ago. And that's always been an essential, if not the essential portion of Bobby Houck's formula. If you stick with him and you stick with it, for five full seasons, by the time you are a fifth-year senior, you will be a very good to, in some cases, an All-American level player. And you look at their linebackers, for example. I mean, Braxton Hill was a gray shirt who had no position as a former star basketball player out of Anaconda. Guy's going to be an All-American this year. Tyler Flink, same difference. You know, same same thing. Uh, uh, a fullback who was toiling in the Big Sky High School offense, who then is now is one of the best open field tacklers in the United States of America. Levi Janikaro, six foot nothing wildcat quarterback out of Big Sky. Well, now he's one of the best edge guys in the conference. And you go on down the line, whether it's 
Trevin Gradney or Corbin Walker, all the great safeties they have. Ryer Meyer, Jackson Lee, Nash Fouch. These guys have all, Garrett Graves. These guys have been in the program since Coach Houck first returned. And I think there's a dynamic there. I think some of these guys that maybe came to the program late and are in their fifth, sixth, seventh years, I think that they can't, they, they, it's unsustainable to be a part of this militaristic machine for that long. The shelf life for it, the minimum and maximum you need to be in it is five seasons. And that's why this team reminds me of those late 2000s Grizz teams. Those guys had a whole bunch of guys who redshirted together, went through the whole journey together, and then at the end of their careers were playing their best football and peaking. That's exactly the defining factor of this team, and that's why they're Big Sky Conference champs. Yeah, I mean, that that is... Uh, a, a very good point. And I think, you know, when you talk about the transfer portal and NIL and all that kind of stuff, um, a lot of people thought, you know, all of the smaller schools, smaller divisions, et cetera, et cetera, are just going to be feeders. They're just going to be the double and triple A options for the bigger schools and that everybody's going to go. But I do think that um, both, both Montana schools um, are a little bit, outside of that fray because there's so many kids in state that want to play at these places. And even though they're smaller schools and, you know, by division or whatever, it's, it's been the goal. It's been the dream for a lot of these guys. So yeah, you're going to have guys like Clifton McDowell who transfer in, which has been the case for forever and maybe more so now, and that's fine. And there's going to be guys who transfer out and that, that happens too. But I do think that the ability to recruit and retain especially state guys and maybe some of the some of the you know border state guys that come into these programs who really believe in it and what it is to retain them through the course of what was you know the traditional college football timeline you know a red shirt and then four years of eligibility um montana montana state have that ability to do maybe better than some other schools do. And, and you're seeing the fruits of that now, um, you know, for Bobby Houck now in his fifth season, in, in his return, and certainly all those guys uh, who have stuck with it deserve, you know, all the credit in the world. And they're getting, and they're not just the credit, but the, uh, the enjoyment, the fruits of their labor over the course of that time to get to bask in the glory of the win on Saturday and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Ryan Tutel here on Nuanas Outs, Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Now that the smoke has settled, the Grizz, the two-seed in the playoffs, the Vandals, the four-seed in the playoffs, the Bobcats, despite the butt-whooping that they took, the six-seed in the playoffs. What are the prospects for the Big Sky Conference's best in the FCS playoffs now that the brackets are out? We shall discuss the future right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great start to this Thanksgiving weekend. I can't believe it's still sunny and in the 50s in western Montana. Crazy. I know that the snow and the winter is coming, though. One thing you got to do this winter, and every winter you should, if you have a car, a car that you love, take care of it. Once they start using the de-icers and all that stuff on the roads, getting that on the undercarriage of your car, it, it messes it up. It screws with the paint job and getting your engine. It affects performance. So keep your car clean. Deserve your Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long. Dazzler's Car Wash right next to us here on Radio Way in Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash, our next-door neighbor right out here on North Reserve. 
Colter Nuanas, Ryan Tutel rolling through the Monday, uh, the Montana Football Hour here on this Monday afternoon. And Ryan, we just talked uh, so in depth and so glowingly about Montana. And sometimes that's what happens coming out of this rivalry. Because it is such a big deal, there's so much lead up to it. And so often it is a battle to, uh, you know, not only for statewide supremacy, but also for Big Sky Conference supremacy and positioning in the FCS playoffs. Uh, a lot of times we make so much of it and we make, uh, sometimes maybe we, I don't want to say overblow it because it's hard to overblow it, but what's your reaction to the way that, that Montana State lost this game? Because this was a team that I think that we were both on the same page was a true national championship contender. So are they still and how much of that is colored by what you saw on the field on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I I am going to say that they that they still are a national championship contender, but I am hugely disappointed um, by everything that they did on Saturday. And I guess the thing is, like, the reason I say that they're still a national title contender is because I think that they have to go take a long look in the mirror at a lot of stuff, and I don't think that a whole lot of it has to do with football. Like, I mean, I think that they have um, some some things to figure out from from coaching, from relationships, from, you know, in-game stuff. Uh, one thing that I think I learned about, uh, about Montana State um, that r- really we hadn't even seen before, but this is for sure true. This team cannot win if it falls behind. They just can't That's right. do it. They're not built to do it. They can't. They can't throw the ball in a in a manner by which they can get back into game. So if they're down by a score, okay, that's one thing. But if they fall down by double digit points, they are in a world of hurt, and it doesn't matter who it's against. And the likelihood that that happens at some point during the course of pl- you know the playoffs is fairly high. So that that puts them in a tight spot, and I think it's a roadmap for a lot of other teams that go, oh, okay, if they have to throw the ball, it ain't happening. Like, they're proficient throwing the ball when they can pick their spots and dictate the terms on offense. But when, when, when it's like, okay, well, we got to go, we got to put some points up, we got to conserve some clock, it's, it is a bad, bad deal. But more than that, I think that, you know, at what point do you look at a game and go, man, we need something different. I don't know. Maybe Sean Chambers should play a little bit of football. Right. I mean, effectively, he didn't play, man. Like, I mean, he. I know he came in, you know, early in the game when they did cross into the red zone, and that was a disaster from, from the outset. He played a couple plays, and they all went backwards. But at some point, you just got to go, well, this isn't going to happen if we just keep banging our heads against the wall doing what we do. And here, and that's exactly what they continue to do. I thought it was a complete failure from a coaching standpoint to not try something different. He comes in in garbage time when the game's all already completely over, and it's like, well, for what? So that said, Montana State still was able to run the ball at times. They were held to 213 yards, which is, again, a huge tip of the cap to the Montana defense, as crazy as that sounds, to give up 213 yards on the ground. But they had 67 yards passing and a goose egg in the first quarter, uh, first half uh, through the air. This is a team that has to have a, a huge circle of the wagons. They got done a favor, and, and I think deservedly so, of getting a seed where they can take a week to really reassess everything that they're doing and sort of recircle the wagons and go in with everybody on the same page. But I think there's some hard conversations that need to happen in Bozeman, starting with Coach Vegan and everybody on his staff and working through whatever their issues are on down the line. Because when things are rolling, 
as they usually have been for Montana State, they're great. But now we're seeing, like, if they run into problems, they don't work through those well right. on the field, it seems like. And so uh, they got a lot of work to do. But nonetheless, they have the talent, both sides of the ball, to, to make a run in this postseason. And I, I expect them to fare well from themselves. I'll tell you what, they didn't get a great draw. I mean, no, they did not. They're probably going to you know, they're probably going to open with North Dakota State and, you know, call North Dakota State down if you want to. I don't think anybody wants to see the Bison rolling through the no. door, you know, in their first game in the playoffs. And so December 2nd, if they take care of Drake, um, that's exactly what Montana State's going to face. And I, I think that's no no friggin' banquet dinner, you know what I mean? So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, but if they can get through that, I mean, it's the playoffs. Everybody you play is going to be good. And, you know, you try and get the first one done and go from there. But it's it's uh, it's an uphill climb for Montana State for sure now. Later on this week, we'll have our latest edition of Tuesdays with Tutel, which is a YouTube series that's also on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. And we'll certainly hash out more the Sean Chambers dilemma because I think that's something that people want to hear about. The press conference uh, post game. Brett Vegan talked for about seven minutes, and then Brody Greeby came in, and so then they changed. They, the, the media relations said, hey, let's ask Brody some questions since he's here. So he did, and then they asked, are you guys good? We thought he meant just about Greeby, not about Coach Vegan as well, because I still wanted to ask Vegan about Chambers and about just folding, especially in the second half of this game, and we didn't get a chance to do that. So we will ask those questions uh, at some point here in the next couple weeks, and we'll certainly hash out the Sean Chambers dilemma a little bit more. But they, certainly the Grizz were seeing red and, and certainly doing their best they could at least to erase Tommy Mallott in the run game, and that had a huge factor in this game. I, that said, I do think this all comes down to the Cats. I think if they can readjust, in terms of the playoff stuff, on the Montana State side of things, if they can readjust, they still do have uh, great talent, great athletes, uh, but you're right, they need to figure out a way to not just be front runners because when they were down early, not only did they look pedestrian, they also looked dysfunctional, both against Idaho and Montana. So you gotta figure that part out. You gotta figure out how you don't just panic and melt down like they did both at the Kibbe Dome in the first half and for the duration of the contest on Saturday uh, in Missoula. Ryan Tutel joining us here on the Montana Football Hour here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Only got a couple minutes left. Marty Mortaway coming up for the Monday afternoon quarterback here in uh, just a little while. Montana Football Hour probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Okay, so uh, how about the Grizz draw then, Ryan? The Grizz and the Cats are on the same side of the bracket. Of course, the Cats would probably have to get through North Dakota State and then likely probably have to go on the road and win at South Dakota, who's the three seed to get a chance to come back to Washington Grizz. And that scenario would also take the Grizz winning a couple home games. But I do think that the fact that the Grizz are on this roll that they're on and they have home field advantage secured throughout the playoffs, I think it's going to be an unbelievably tall task, dare I say a nearly impossible task, for anybody to come into Missoula and get a victory here these next several weekends. I know that we don't want to fully count the chickens before they hatch, but I would be blown away if anybody could come into Missoula and get a victory unless there's somebody that's at least sort of accustomed to the environment. Yeah, well, I, I think I, like a lot of people who follow the Big Sky Conference in Montana schools, know very little, let me say next to nothing, about Lafayette or Delaware, which are, you know, one of those two teams will be headed to Washington Grizzly Stadium. And the presumption is that Montana, you know, will handle whoever comes calling. That said, you never take these teams lightly. And, I mean, there's a lot of people who thought the shot to clears were going to freeze themselves on the sideline and not even make it onto the football field. Totally. One postseason that was a, you know, a zero-degree day, 10 below, whatever it was. 
And guess what? They came in and they beat Montana. Wofford from South Carolina rolled in and beat the Grizzlies in Washington. And, and that was a, a, a Bobby Houck coached football team. True. Uh, uh, you know, going back into the early 2000s. So it is not without precedent. And Bobby Houck said as much. He's like, he even said, you know, there's no... There's no guarantee that we move on from anywhere. Anybody can come in here and beat us. And he recognized that because he's been on the losing end of that. But with that said, uh, you you couldn't predict that. Let's put it like that. Like, you would be foolish to say, hey, I got the Blue Hens coming in and beating the Grizzlies. Like, nobody's going to have that on their bingo card because Montana has been playing so unbelievably well, has absolutely peaked at this point, uh, you know, of this season. They played their best game against their rival and, you know, presumably can build on that. So um, we'll see, you know, who, who gets the thing done uh, on the 25th of November, you know, between Lafayette and Delaware, and then when they come in here. But I will say this, I am thrilled, and I realize it's, it's, a, it's a low percentage chance at this point because it would be a national semifinal, but... To have Montana and Montana State on the same side of the bracket, and at least the possibility, without having to go through a South Dakota State to make it happen, that you could see this game happen again, which would be in Washington Grizzly State. Just the prospect of it makes me happy. I'm glad they did this from the seeding standpoint. It's going to be wild because I, if I was a bet man, I'd say that the Grizz are going to get either Montana State or North Dakota State with a chance to go to Frisco here in Missoula in a couple weeks. Both. Dream storybook-like scenarios if you're yeah. Bobby Houck. Oh, man, the... if it's North Dakota State at Washington Grizzlies, oh. can you imagine how lit Missoula's going to be? Oh. If that, you know, December 14th or whatever it would be, oh, get out of here. <laughs> the, the world might explode. The FCS world might implode upon <laughs> itself. He's Ryan Tutel. You can find him every week here uh, at SkylineSportsFT.com, part of the Big Sam Breakdown, and our uh, YouTube channel. You can also find him intermittently here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. And, uh... We'll be keeping working him in. He's got himself a press pass back now, so uh, we'll keep working the man into the fold. Thanks for joining us, Gus. Good conversation, and uh, I'll talk to you later on this week. Absolute treat. Love it. Second season. Let's roll. Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash. Both thorough and efficient. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula, located right next to us out here on Radio Way off North Reserve. In Missoula. Hour one of the books. Hour two coming at you. We're going to keep on talking. Grizz, Bobcats, FCS playoffs, plus plenty of NFL. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Next, keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 